All right, hey, howdy, hello, all you horror fans out there in internet land. Uh, welcome to episode zero of my new podcast, The White Guy Dies First, hosted by me, Jared White. Ha 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 ha. It is, of course, a twist on the classic and problematic uh, horror trope of the black guy dying first, uh, both because, obviously, my last name is White, and because, quite frankly, if I was in a horror movie, I would be the first one to frickin' die because I am cowardly, have no skills outside of just talking, and, quite frankly, have a very punchable or stabbable face. And uh, if I was ever in a nightmare situation, I would be the one cast out first from the hypothetical lifeboat. So, uh, yeah, it works on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this is just episode zero. I'm just going to be riffing a little bit, going to be super cash. I don't really have much prepared here. I'm not going to be talking about any specific movies. I just want to talk about uh, why I started up this podcast, who I am, what the what the podcast is going to be featuring, and uh, the general schedule that I'll be attempting to follow. But as you'll see, that may be complicated by a certain number of factors. So, First of all, I'm a graduate student of uh, English literature. I'm currently applying for my PhD, hopefully up in Washington State, because uh, I really love the uh, the Museum of Popular Culture they have there. It's got so many interesting props and just really, it's like the, the mecca, if you will, of like horror, fantasy, uh, action movie props, and I went there about two years ago, and I just love. I spent like five hours in there just gushing about everything. I loved it, so I would love, 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 love if I could get into the PhD program up in Seattle, but if not, oh well, my tears will one day dry. Um, <laughs> I'll dry them on this podcast, which I started because I love horror movies. I love horror movies, and I love discussing the weird intersectionality they have with other movie genres particularly uh, the Western genre, which I also really like, and I think that not a lot of scholarly or even casual observations have been made uh, discussing uh, how the horror and Western genres tend to overlap. Don't get me wrong, there's still some really good conferences out there, a couple of them I, pre I have presented at, but I don't think there's enough scholarly research about them uh, right now, to, my, to satisfy my taste. Um, I mean, think about the the sort of like most stereotypical western act ever which is the uh the evil man tying a woman to the train tracks you know that 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 little moment there of like uh i mean it's gendered violence against a woman the guy is just sitting there waiting for the train to hit you know when that train hypothetically hits the girl it's going to be an explosion of gore and her screams her screams as she knows that her fate is uh literally coming down the tracks to her as this horrible thing horrible creature gibbers and goes ha ha ha, ha you're so helpless so tell me that's not horror um <laughs> a little off topic there but Anyway, uh, basically all I'm trying to say here is that I am not some super all-encompassing big brain on this subject. I, while having an interest in this, I have definitely missed out on seeing a lot of various classic horror movies, um, and I hope that this podcast will uh, sort of force me to watch a bunch of these old ones that I have had on my list forever, and that when I watch them, I can come on here and discuss uh, discuss them, and uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be entertaining. Um I really hope that this podcast will be accessible to both the hardcore horror fans who will be sort of chomping at the bit to hear every little thing. Oh, what's he what's he messing up? I need to know. And the casual people who maybe have only seen stuff like Jaws 40 years ago. 
So I hope that this will be interesting to some degree uh, and that I'll, I will be talking about movies, but I may at times also extend into video games, books, or alternative horror media such as uh, community or collaborative written horror tales such as the SCP Foundation, which is a horror uh, wiki site that is collaboratively, collaboratively written by a bunch of uh, just random people. Uh, it's sort of this really weird, like, uh, catalog, I guess you would say, of, like, weird uh, objects. Uh, reminds me a little bit of the, if anybody remembers it, the uh, Friday the 13th TV series, which is a very uh, sort of, like, night gallery, Twilight zone kind of thing where uh, there was this... I believe a shop where people would go in and find objects and they'd have supernatural um, qualities to them and every week they'd explore a new object. The SCP Foundation is a lot like that, although it does get into very experimental fiction and some of them are not very good <laughs> in their quality, I would say. But uh, there is a surprising amount of what I've seen anyway of uh, excellent tales written there, so I may at some point discuss those. Um, but the central theme of this podcast will be horror movies because horror movies are very easy to quickly watch in like a day and then to get uh, this podcast recorded in a day. I don't have to come up with a massive script and watching a movie uh, allows me to sort of take notes on my phone and I can come on here and talk about my notes or the feelings or I can look up little uh, trivia tr uh, trinkets and get them out to you. Uh, but I'll also be discussing, discussing rather, uh, specific film themes that run through uh, some of the movies that we look at, such as The Final Girls, uh, Man-Made Monsters, or perhaps, is it time that we get new horror icons? I mean, that's one that's been bugging me for a while. The unholy trinity of Jason, Freddy Krueger, and Michael Myers is so, 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 so tired. Oh my god, I think we really need a new uh, trinity. I mean, think about way, 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 way back in like the 30s and 40s, we had the other the other big uh, horror movie tri uh, trinity of characters with Frankenstein, Dracula, and the Wolfman, and then not really a lot came out. You know, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of figures that were of that same iconic status until Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, and Jason. And I think it's more than time that we get some new ones. Uh, don't get me wrong; we get some sort of secondary, uh, second tier uh, horror icons like Chucky or Ghostface or Jigsaw or Annabelle. But uh, none have been able to dethrone that Jason, Freddy, Michael, Trinity, and I think it's definitely time. Um, and, you know, a few other questions that come to mind are, are we currently in a new horror renaissance where we are being more experimental with sort of, you know, we've moved a little bit away from monster movies per se, and now we're getting into more uh, society-based horror films, not the movie Society, which is a wonderful horror movie that I may at one point talk about from the 80s. Uh, but I mean stuff like, you know, Hereditary, Midsommar, Us, Get Out. You know, these these movies tend to ex examine the horrible things that are happening uh, with community-based organizations. And I think that perhaps that's why we haven't um, we haven't really gotten a new horror icon is because you know how do you, it's it's scarier to be trapped within a community and i think that right now especially with covid happening uh right now by the way it is december 10th 2020 and uh, we are currently in the middle of the worst part of the covid pandemic which is this horrible winter in which thousands of people are dying every day and there's this promise of a vaccine that will supposedly be hitting every uh available uh, healthcare provider soon, but we don't know when, and even then, 
just getting vaccinated doesn't necessarily guarantee that all the deaths are going to stop. It will just hopefully mitigate the worst of it. So, and that's another question is what will horror and or virus movies be like in a post COVID age? Could something like 28 days later really be happening? Could not be happening, but could be written or be uh, something that people even want to look at after COVID is over, you know, are we, are we, are we done with that? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like right now virus movies are really tacky. Like, come on. We don't really want to be talking about this right now. We want an escape. We want, uh, maybe that's what will cause a new figure like Jason, Freddie, Michael to come up because we want to have a tangible entity to fight against. You know, just having a virus where everything's scary is kind of exhausting. Now, as you can tell, things may get a little contentious here. Uh, you and I may very well disagree on many things, my dear listener, which is perfectly fine. After all, we don't, you know, tend to gravitate to horror movies through a, for a sense of, you know, community. Sometimes we just want to be blasted by something terrible, and we all re react to different terrible stimuli. Uh, I know one of my dear colleagues and mentors, uh, she is really afraid of that one horror movie, The Witch, and when I watched it, I didn't get scared, like, at all. I, I thought it was just sort of okay. I thought it was um, ominous, for sure, and it was a little upsetting from time to time, but I'm somebody who tends to get more uh, riled up by suspense, and, okay, that's actually, that's not a good example, that's not a good example, because I just said it's ominous, and then I say I like suspense, uh, I'm trying to think of an example of a movie that really scared me, okay, here's an example, one that really got me way back in the day, uh, I watched probably when I was way too young to watch it, back when I was like 14 or 15, I happened to stumble across watching Wes Craven's, uh, <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's Wes Craven, right? It's Wes Craven's uh, Last House on the Left. I'm actually going to look that up right now because I don't want to... I'm just riffing here again, and I don't want to uh, attribute the wrong director to Last House on the Left, which, if you don't know, is a horrible, horrible, cruel movie uh, about uh, basically these two girls who get kidnapped by what's essentially the Charles Manson family, and they get completely tortured. Yes, it is uh, Wes Craven. Interesting. Um, but yeah, they get tortured by the, the Manson family. They get raped. They get... Uh, it's just... It's so awful. You can tell that the, the psychopaths are just... They're, they are exhaustingly crazy, and... Um, you just know that these girls are completely helpless, and I think that's the sort of suspense that I mean. Uh, not necessarily supernatural suspense, which, don't get me wrong, I, I definitely like a good supernatural ghost story, but I find stuff that seems more like a real-life crime thing uh, very unsettling, which is why I found uh, that one in the beginning of the movie Sinister, where uh, Ethan Hawke's character... Uh, comes across the videotapes of uh, various murders that happened throughout the years. You know, it's it's all filmed from a uh, a home camera perspective, and that was really really scary uh, for a number of reasons. Not just because it was well shot, but because it's so personal. Uh, by the way, the sound design in that movie was excellent. You know, that very scratchy sort of you know that was that was a good soundtrack. Uh, as you can tell, I'm a little scattered scatterbrained here, uh, and I might venture into a lot of different areas. Um, but yeah, definitely, I would say the most upsetting movie that I've ever seen is Last House on the Left, just because it is so unabashedly cruel, and uh, it's not, that's the thing, is it's not super scary, it's just one of those ones where you feel trapped, you feel just like, you. I mean, the girls aren't super relatable, but they're, it's a commonality of, like, just, you know, they're normal characters, they're normal girls, they're normal people, that anybody that you could see walking around just 
you know, they could be your neighbor, whoever. And uh, they get murdered by these horrible people. And then <laughs> the horrible people happen to fall into the hands of the parents uh, of the girls they killed. Um, I think it's actually just one of their parents. I don't think the girls are sisters. I think it's one girl and her friend. And uh, one of their parents happens to uh, basically... Uh, like the, the psychopaths go to their house and say like, hey, we got lost on the road. Can you give us some shelter? And the parents put two and two together and then they start to torture fuck the, the bad guys. And it's just, it's a really, really problematic. And uh, I would say it's, it's like a, it's like a really good modern revenge tragedy. You know, you're really glad that the parents are able to take such vicious revenge on their daughter's killer. At one point, I believe the mother even goes in to give one of the guys, uh, one of the killers a blowjob and it bites the guy's dick off, which is just so, oh, that's so layered in so many different, uh, I, I don't know. It's visceral. It's satisfying. It's suggestive as hell. And uh, I don't know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, how far would you go to take revenge on uh, your daughter's killers? How how far will a, would a parent go if they knew that they had their daughter's killer right in their grasp? I think it's a very interesting uh, movie. By the way, apparently, according to a Google right here, the budget for that movie was $87,000 and it got a box office of $3.1 million. So <laughs> despite being horrible, uh, it is very popular or at least earned a lot of money and uh that's really that's what the game's all about so um anyway i don't know why i got off on last house on the left um the future videos will be much more scripted than this um where i will have more clearly defined notes um and again i think that this more free free form style where i allow myself to dance outside of my script is appropriate at times because let's be honest here the horror movie uh genre is so widespread it's so you know it i think in creating such it, they're they're basically new myths you know they are trying to upend each other they're trying to uh replace each other in the in the uh societal uh i don't want to say meme because meme right now has sort of a different interpretation where it's like jokes but you know like the cultural memes of like language is a meme that sort of thing the more scholarly uh definition of the word meme but i think that uh you know when has anybody ever spared a thought for the invisible man well actually that's a really bad example because i think just last year in 2019 there was another remake of the invisible man uh and i believe there was a 2003 uh, movie with the Invisible Man that had Kevin Bacon in it, in which he was uh, a rapist. He was an invisible rapist, which is not wonderful uh, for a number of reasons. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> see, that's the thing, though, is that now in our more current and uh, traumatized, I would say, society where we are shown horrible things on television and in real life news every day, uh, that sort of hopelessness has ingrained itself into our media. And it's now not enough that we just have a, a cackling, you know, ominous, uh, invisible man. Oh my God, he's, he's invisible. Whoa, he could do any crime he wants. And then we sort of now get say, yes, he could do any crime he wants, Ugh, you know. So I think I think that now that we as we have progressed in getting traumatized, uh, it has made our horror media much more cruel. And uh, I'm not against that. I'm definitely not against cruel horror me uh, movies. Um, but I definitely think that we need to allow horror movies to be at least at times fun. 
uh, which is why I think that certain uh, characters like, you know, Jason and Freddy and Michael uh, have stayed for such a long time because they are at times fun or funny or you just like to cheer and see them uh, be cruel but also giggle a little bit. We want to see Freddy grab a girl and say, welcome to prime time, bitch, before he slams her into a TV. It just It's a little garnish. It's a little extra bit that makes it so well, uh, makes it so effective anyway uh but <laughs> okay i guess this is just sort of a proto uh discussion i i really didn't come in here with any i just i just want to talk about the rules i just i didn't mean to get off on this whole thing anyway as for an upload schedule uh, i'm gonna be recording probably about four or five episodes before this even goes up uh, i'm gonna try to post these uh episodes every monday every monday because i thought about doing friday haha you know friday the 13th but then I thought about it a little bit more, and I think probably most people post their podcasts on a Friday. And, hey, don't most people listen to podcasts, like, at work or going to work? And, you know, don't you want something to listen to on a Monday? Shouldn't there be something to look forward to on a Monday? I don't know. That's just my interpretation of how, what best day to uh, to upload is. Um, I think it, I think it would work. So... Uh, yeah, every Monday, maybe every Friday, Monday, Friday, I don't know. I, again, I'm going to be going into the PhD program, probably. I am just recording a bunch of podcast stuff right now during my winter break. So, you know, hopefully I'll get a big backlog of stuff going in December and uh, January, and I can start, you know, parsing them out as the months come up. Um, but if, uh, if school gets in the way, obviously that's a little bit more important than doing these podcasts, but podcasts don't take very long. It's just watch a movie or come up with a question and, uh, write some notes, completely ignore the notes and just go off. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think before I end things today, I just want to go over a few definitions, uh, right here that I have of speculative fiction, uh, I want to go over a quick Wikipedia article, and I want to discuss uh, the my most hated genre of quote-unquote horror, which is thrillers. Uh, so really quick, speculative fiction is, and I'm just quoting here, I believe I got this from uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. I don't know, I just went to some bullshit, and I wanted to pick up, uh, no, 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 this is from Wikipedia, also bullshit. But they say, speculative fiction is a broad category of fiction encompassing genres with certain elements that do not exist in recorded history and observe phenomena of the current universe. <laughs> current un I like that they specified current universe there. Uh, conveying, or co covering themes in the context of supernatural, futuristic, and many uh, other imaginative topics. Under this umbrella category, genres include, but are, n but are not limited to, science fiction, fantasy, horror, superhero fiction, alternate history, utopian and dystopian uh, fiction, and supernatural fiction, as well as combinations thereof, such as science fantasy. Uh, <laughs> you know, some of the earliest examples of speculative fiction are, of course, The Epic of Gilgamesh, Beowulf, The Odyssey, The Iliad, The Divine Comedy, and Parrot, Paradise Lost, to name a few. Uh, and there are old mythology or religious stories, such as the Ramayana, oral Greek and Roman uh, traditions of their, you know, uh, pa eh, Pantheon. sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I might get so uh, wrapped up in what I'm saying and trying to get it all out there that I might get a little mush mouth, and you will have to excuse me for that. I am not doing it on purpose. Uh, and finally, Japanese Shintoism. <laughs> I like how I kind of segmented Japanese Shintoism there between my long uh, rambling excuse. Um, 
man, I have to say also, I am really excited to watch Japanese horror movies because sometimes they do incorporate uh, elements of Japanese Shintoism in there. And I think uh, Shintoism has a lot of fantastic uh, monsters in there that we don't get uh, to see enough. I think that they are imaginative and uh, I, I don't know, they seem at times a little random. Like I'd really like to explore why exactly uh, Kappas I, I've heard really like cucumbers. Um, the Kappas are, of course, those little weird swamp monsters that have the little, uh, like the bowls on their heads with water. And, uh, ooh, man, just Google, like, uh, well, I guess you can't say Kappa now because Kappa has some various internet, uh, secondary terms, but just do like Japanese Kappas and you'll come up with some really interesting pictures of them. Uh, they're really creepy. That's, that's one thing that I really like about, uh, the Japanese Shintoism is that they knew how to freaking scare your pants off. Uh, and that leads me into discussing the horror definition, which is horror is a genre of speculative fiction, ha 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 ha, which is intended to frighten, scare, or disgust. Literary historian J.A. Cudden defined uh, the horror story as a piece of fiction in prose of variable length, which shocks or even frightens the reader, perhaps inducing a feeling of repulsion or loathing. Ooh, yeah, Last House on the Left really did that loathing for me. Uh, it creates an eerie and frightening atmosphere. Horror is frequently supernatural, though it may also be non-supernatural. And that's really important for what I'm going to talk about in a little bit, which is the thriller genre. Because while we obviously have more, you know, clearly defined examples of what horror is, such as Dracula, Frankenstein, uh, The House of Leaves, Haunting of Hill House, the entire Lovecraft oeuvre, uh, Ray Bradbury stuff, Dr. Jekyll and uh, Mr. Hyde, uh, the Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler. Actually, everything by Octavia Butler is pretty freaking horrible, I must say. Not, in, obviously, in quality, but in terms of, like, uh, like uh, what what she discusses. The, theme, the themes and subject matter is pretty horrible. Um, and then, of course, Stephen Graham Jones, who I actually really wanted to interact with. He's a, he's a professor over at the University of Colorado, and I really, really wanted to go and apply to the University of Colorado for my PhD, but unfortunately, because of COVID, they are not currently accepting uh, any, any, uh, applications for new students. And that is, you know, respectable. I admire that they actually had the guts to say, nope, sorry, we're shutting it all down. No, no new blood until this whole thing is cleared up. But, you know, it would have been really cool to actually have done that and met Stephen Graham Jones and taken a class with him, whatever. I guess I'll survive not having access to one of the current horror legends. Um, but now we get into the tricky, tricky uh, sort of not horror, but dystopian, I guess, uh, sort of uh, works, which is, uh, of course, 1984, Fahrenheit 451, The Giver. I, I'd have to say The Giver is pretty, it's pretty fucked up. Uh, Clockwork, Clockwork Orange and The Stand, um, all of which I believe firmly plant themselves in horror you know, I get it that they cross over into alternate history, utopia, science fiction, whatever. Um, but I really think that the baseline definition for these stories should be horror. Um, but I do understand that horror is such a broad category that just saying that it's horror is a little bit uh, confusing. You know, we we would hypothetically label everything as horror if it was mildly upsetting. Um, so I understand at least somewhat uh, further distinction. Uh, so I guess there's like, there's horror with a capital H and there's horror with a small H. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, yeah. Here's here's the definition uh, via Encyclopedia Britannica. Horror stories are stories in which the focus is creating a feeling of fear. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that horror stories, as long as they put something up that's unsettling, whether it's something gross or tense, you know, fear is such such a secondary thing, I think, to horror. I can tell you quite clearly that I have watched many, many horror movies that are classified as being the scariest movie ever, and I just either laugh my ass off at them or, you know... The other thing is that we have to consider uh, shifting standards. Like, is King Kong a horror movie? I would not, by this definition, say so. It, it, I wouldn't feel any fear. I could show King Kong probably to a bunch of first graders, and while they might be a little unsettled by King Kong's funky face, I don't really think any anybody's going to feel fear these days. Um, such tales are of ancient origin and form, substantial part of... Oh yeah, they're talking about folk history, uh, which can feature supernatural elements such as ghosts, witches, vampires, or address more realistic psychological fears in Western literature. The literary con uh, literary uh, cultivation, sorry, that was really messing with my uh, eyeballs there, cultivation of fear and curiosity for its own sake began to emerge in the 18th century pre-romantic area with the gothic novel. Of course, talking about stuff like uh, Herv Herv Herman Melville, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, arguably Nathaniel Hawthorne, and of course Mary Shelley. The genre was invented by... Oh, I, I don't think you can ever say a genre was invented by one person, but okay, they're saying that the genre was invented by Horace Walpole, who, ro uh, who wrote The Castle of Ontario, on Ontino, Ontario in 1765. Uh, it is said to have been the foundation horror story in legitimate literary form. Got it. Okay. Oh, and then they give credit to Mary Shelley. Good. Love Mary Shelley. In my opinion, Frankenstein is superior in every possible way to Dracula. Dracula is a very, very slow, very boring read compared to Frankenstein, which is exceptionally compelling in every page. And tragic, I must say. That's another element that a lot of people tend to forget that horror movies uh, will often incur is tragedy. Um... You know, if you if you consider tragedy part of the genre, then we could talk a lot about revenge tragedies. Uh, particularly, I just finished up a paper talking about uh, the Revengers tragedy uh, with Vendice and the Duke, and how he poisons uh, the Duke with uh, with a skull of his of his dead lover. He, he forces the Duke to kiss, or he tricks the Duke into kissing uh, the skull, and the Duke, at one point, after having the poison put on his face, goes, "My teeth have eaten away," <laughs> which is just awful and then after the poisoning uh, Vendice forces the duke to watch himself being cuckolded uh, by his own bastard son <laughs> and then the duke goes I cannot brook and then he dies mid-sentence which uh, again is that horrible arguably the the image of someone's teeth getting eaten away by poison is quite horrible but uh, the way it's being performed I would say in this instance is really funny uh, and you know not to get off topic again but you know, that, that also brings up the question, if it comes to plays, if, depending on how the person is performing, like, what if you have somebody who's like a real goofball being the Duke, you know, like me, saying, oh, my teeth have eaten away, you know, does that, does that detract from the horror of it, uh, and does that, because of that, does it change the whole genre, you know, it's just having one person say a line in a funny way instead of a tragic way, like, oh, my teeth, have eaten away, you know, uh, that kills the whole mood. I don't know. 
So that's that's something we could talk about. We could talk about a lot of plays. Um, bu- 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 what other notes do I have? Oh, here we go. Plots within the horror genre will often include the in- intrusion of an evil force, event, or personage into everyday world. Prevalent elements include ghosts, extra- extraterrestrials, vampires, werewolves, demons, Satanism, evil clowns, gore, torture, vicious animals, evil witches... <laughs> I like how they specifically say evil witches, because there are some good witches, my dear friends. Uh, monsters, giant monsters, ooh, zombies, cannibalism, psychopaths, natural, ecological, or man-made disasters, cults, and serial killers. Ooh. Each example uh, may linger into the subgenre of psychological horror. I don't have a problem with psychological horror at all. I would say movies like The Exorcist, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Us, Black Christmas, The Shining, and Scream are all good examples of psychological horror. Um, Particularly, uh, which one did I highlight? Uh, The Shining is good psychological horror uh, because you never quite know what the fuck is happening in that movie. It's great. And now, finally, to wrap up this first episode zero, I must, 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 must address my most contemptuous uh, as- uh, genre, the genre I have the most contempt for, is, of course, the thriller. The thriller is uh, known as a suspenseful film or suspense fi- uh, thriller. It is a broad genre that evokes excitement or suspense in the audience. The suspense suspense element found in most films' plots is particularly exploited by the filmmaker of the genre. Tension is created by delaying the audience and making them wait for the inevitable. And tension is built through situations that are menacing and where escape seems impossible. Just say horror, you bunch of babies. My goodness. So here by their definition of thriller are some movies that I, you could, you could call them thrillers, but are definitely not. I'm going to put my foot down here and say that these films that I'm about to discuss are not thrillers. They are most certainly horror. We got Silence of the Lambs, The Blair Witch Project, Misery, It Follows, The Game, Seven, Cape Fear, Night of the Hunter, Sixth Sense, No Country for Old Men, Duel, A Quiet Place, Jaws, and Jurassic Park. I know a lot of people out there probably watched Jurassic Park when they were like six. I'm sorry, that's a horror movie. Easy. When the raptors are stalking those kids and trying to kill them, that's a horror scene. And don't even get me started on Silence of the Lambs. That's got somebody ripping someone's face off and eating people. It's got heads in jars. Don't even give me that thriller. That thriller crap. (laughs) Just because Michael Jackson made thriller. You know what? That's That's where it is. That's where the problem is. Michael Jackson's thriller had zombies. It had Vincent Price narrating stuff. And yet, it's called Thriller. Nobody would have bought Michael Jackson's Thriller if it had been called Michael Jackson's Horror. Ugh, that's... I blame you, Michael Jackson. You put the stigma on us. Oh, man. Ooh, ooh, yeah, I just made that connection. Yeah. Mm, got him. So, we can... We can... <laughs> we can thank Michael Jackson, supposedly. By, by, by my weird logic proxy, we can thank Michael Jackson for giving us the weak sauce title of Thriller, what, which, let's be honest, is only used so that the Academy, the Oscars, and whatever can give a horror movie an Oscar or an award and not say, oh, you know, we stooped to the low depths, to the gutter, and gave a horror movie uh, a, an award. <laughs> That's the only reason why Thriller... Tell Me 7 is not a horror movie. Come on. My God. Anyway... 
I guess the last thing that I'll say here uh, before I wrap up is just obviously, if you can't tell from how I'm discussing things, I will be discussing movie plots in their entirety. There will be no uh, spoiler uh, safe zones here, unfortunately. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but it is not going to fit in the format of my show. I will not be self-editing or self-censoring myself for spoilers. So, you know, if you uh, see a movie that I'm talking about that you would rather, you know, not hear the plot of, probably don't click on that uh, episode until you have watched the movie for yourself. Or if you decide, you know what, I'm never going to watch that movie ever. I don't really care. Personally, I don't really mind hearing spoilers, even about stuff that I actually want to see. I don't think that a spoiler, at least for my sake, uh, ruins my enjoyment of the film. If I knew that a certain character was going to die or going to live or some big plot point, that's fine. You know, that just maybe sours the initial watching experience a little bit. But then, while knowing a spoiler, uh, especially if it's like a partial spoiler, like you know somebody important dies, then you can evaluate the film and how they uh, build up to that, you know. Is the twist an effective one? Is it not? Don't give me that whole, like, oh, the first, the first viewing is the most important one. Let's be honest, the second viewing is the most important one. You know, then you can see how all the puzzle pieces are going to fit in place, and you can see how well the filmmaker is able to convey certain... St anyway, I'm getting off onto a whole thing right now, so I did not mean for this episode zero to be half an hour. But, uh, yeah, I think this went really well. I think it really did. So next time will be episode one. I'll be discussing the 1932 classic White Zombie, which I have seen as of uh, yesterday. I have a whole bunch of notes that I'm really excited to get to. Uh, really, <laughs> really some interesting, interesting. God, I'm, by the way, I have to apologize if I ever like repeat myself a lot, like say the word interesting a bunch. That's something that really bothers me. And I hope that by getting myself excited about these films that I will not rely on certain verbal tics very often, but you will have to forgive me if I do such horrible deeds. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, we'll be doing White Zombie. I'll be getting my actual intro uh, up, the, the official uh, longer intro that I have ready. I'll be shortening it as we go, probably because right now it's about a minute, and I think a minute long intro is a little long for a podcast that's probably only going to go for like 40 minutes. I don't know. We'll see what people think, but uh, anyway, so this has been episode zero. <laughs> this has been my formal introduction. Uh, this is, you know, me, Jared White, and this has been the White Guy Dies First podcast, and I really hope that you enjoyed it. So, yeah. Uh, until next time, everybody, ta-ta for now, and I'll see you in the next uh, horrifying thriller stupid shit. I don't know. Okay, bye. I gotta go. See you later. <laughs>